After 30 years at ESPN, John Wildhack has spent the past year as the athletic director at Syracuse University. While at the worldwide leader in sports, Wildhack was tasked with making some of the biggest deals and overseeing some of the most well-known talent in sports television. Now he oversees an athletic department with 18 Division I sports at his alma mater in the ACC, a Power Five conference. Speaking of making deals, Wildhack made one to keep Jim Beheim locked in as men's basketball coach when Mike Hopkins, the coach in waiting, left for a job at Washington. And he may soon have to make one to ensure that Dino Babers stays on as head coach of the Orange football team for the foreseeable future. There's also the matter of planning a major carrier dome renovation. SU's been pretty tight-lipped about the details on that so far. But will we soon learn what Carrier Dome 2.0 looks like. I also talked to Wild Hack about some other sports success at SU this fall and some of the biggest challenges he has faced as athletic director. So we're here with John Wild Hack. As a matter of fact, we're here with John Wild Hack in his office. So thank you for uh, having us in the Inner Sanctum. We appreciate that. Well, Brent, we appreciate having you, and uh, you're welcome to come to uh, quote the Inner Sanctum anytime. So this has been your office as the athletic director at Syracuse for just over a year now. Yeah. Have you settled in? Are you in a rhythm? Are you comfortable? How are you feeling? Yeah, I, I, I feel I feel comfortable. Um, I'm I'm really I am thrilled to be here. Not only back at Syracuse University, but in the community. And, uh, you know, and that goes for my family as well. I mean, we really, really enjoy it here. We think it's, it's a great community, great people, um, great opportunities. It's a very diverse community in every respect. So, you know, we're thrilled to be here. I love my job. Um, I'm not sure if when you're, if you're in the sports industry, I'm not sure that you're ever in a rhythm because uh, sports is such a unique business and a unique industry. Um, and to me, that's one of the things that makes it so exciting because every day, every day is different, and that's uh, that energizes me. What was your biggest challenge when you took over, and have you maybe checked that off the list or addressed that, or wh- where would you put your status with that? I if, think if it, I think the biggest challenge was really just to, to get up on the speed and the intricacies of you know the enterprise here, the department, um, you know everything that goes into an athletic department to leading an athletic department and then obviously interacting effectively with uh, with the campus and with the chancellor's leadership team and in in uh, others on campus. John, what would you say has been your your greatest satisfaction in this job so far? The greatest satisfaction is just to, to see the the commitment that the staff has um, and when I say the staff it's everybody including I mean, it's coaches, it's trainers, it's sports medicine, uh, the academic support plan. It's everyone to, you know, to the student athletes, to our 600, uh, you know, young young people who, who uh, who comprise this department and represent this university and do so in a in a really, you know, I think first class manner. You mentioned the student athletes, and we focus so much on maybe some of the big ticket sports, you know, like football and, and, and basketball, which we'll, we'll certainly discuss here. But, you know, as an athletic director, 
you're dealing with so much, but you know, how do you schedule out popping in on a cross country meet here, a soccer game there, and and maybe some of the sports that that are off the radar screen? But you know, how much do you want to maintain a presence and, and show that you're there to, to support all the sports? You know, you, you try and do as much as you can, um, and I've also got a great team of, of of senior administrators who can represent the department or represent me. Um, I'll oftentimes, after a nice win, follow up with a note to the coach or a text to the coach congratulating them. Now, with the, with the advent of the ACC Digital Network, um, uh, I am a voracious consumer of that if, uh, if I can't be here in person or can't be on the road in person. Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun, and, and I want everyone to feel that you know, they have the support, and they do, of, of the administration and, and, the, and, uh, and from me. That's worth asking about right there and how you're integrating that ACC digital network. In two years, it's going to become a linear channel right. as well. But for those that aren't familiar, it's something that they can download, they can put on their phone, they can they can watch all these sports. But it's become an educational tool for you as well in, in integrating students, and especially at Syracuse University with the, the SI Newhouse School of Communications. It's it's kind of double time. They're getting experience broadcasting, but also getting school credit for it. it. Brent, it's a phenomenal success story. And, um, you know, literally in the, in two and a half months, what we've achieved in terms of partnering in, in the, the, the planning for this goes back well over a year. And Sue Edson deserves all the credit for athletics because Sue's led the steering committee. Um, but working with colleagues um, at Newhouse and others around campus, what we have is we utilize the Newhouse control rooms. Uh, Scott Hecht, who we hired, is our senior producer who came from ESPN. His job at ESPN was to work with all 14 SEC schools. So he brought that playbook to Syracuse, and now we're the benefit of Scott's expertise. Um, but we literally have students now who are involved in live game production. Um, we've had a couple grad students produce uh, live soccer games on the ACC Digital Network, obviously with Scott right there in terms of you know, helping them and guiding them. But it's amazing. And I think in two and a half months, what we've achieved, and it's, it's a tribute really to the collaboration. It's a tribute to the students at Newhouse and just how bright they are. We're, I can say confidently what we do is, is, is better than any university in the country. I'm really, really proud of that. And I think it's a, it's a great testament to, uh, to uh, the Newhouse School and Lorraine Branham and uh, her staff and their students. John, how do you think fans have adjusted to, you know, this uh, past two exhibition games, for example, for basketball? You know, fans sit down, they turn on the television, and they say, where's the game? And they tweet me and ask me that question. So right. thank you very much for that. But, you know, for those, how are fans getting used to that? Knowing that there is an app, there is something available to them. And, and this, you know, how technology evolves. And it's, it's just, you know better than anybody coming from ESPN and having, you know, the background that you do, that these things change rapidly. But are your consumers adjusting to it? How do you feel they're, they're doing They that? are. And I think anytime there's change like this, there's always going to be a little, you know, there's always going to be a little challenge, right? Um, but I think now, I mean, just where we are in the digital world, I think everybody, you know, is adapted to it. And it's, uh, it's, it's no different from watching a game on, on your screen at home or watching on your iPad or on your phone or, or wherever. So it's, I think it's just part of how uh, the vast majority of people can consume content. You know, last year we, had, we, we received more concerns than we have this year. So that tells me that our fans are better educated and have adapted. And once you do it and you download, 
you know the ESPN app and what that allows you to experience is it's if you're a sports fan it's an unbelievable environment it's not only ESPN but you know Fox has done the same thing and CBS and NBC as well John uh, this football team has been very interesting to watch in the sense that they're four and five they have a losing record but they've been competitive in every single game they've played all four, five of their losses have been by less than 10 points so it's a frustrating thing, and I think Dino even said, you know, it's good to a point because you want to win some of these games. But you clearly see some improvement there. You clearly see a team that, that's fighting tooth and nail in every game and now has three games left here. So when you look ahead, don't give me one game at a time. You're not a coach now. When you look ahead three games here, what what do you want to see this team do for the rest of this season? Yeah, I just I want to see that they've competed um, incredibly well you know, throughout the years. You want to see that. You want to see the want to see them compete as they have the first nine games, the last three games. They'll do that. I have absolutely no doubt whatsoever. Uh, the culture of the team is terrific. The leadership on the team is terrific. The leadership from Dino and the coaching staff. Um, and what I want to see is is the effort and just the effort that they have put in. Everyone connected with that program has been so extraordinary. I want them to. Uh, I want them to uh, to to realize the rewards of the effort they put in. What would they a, deserve it? What would a bowl bid mean for Syracuse this year? Oh, it'd be huge. Because again, it just it shows it shows everybody the trajectory of the program that we're on the right path. You know, last year we went four and eight, and there were games that we weren't competitive. This year, as you said, Brent, every game we're competitive against you know one of the top five toughest schedules in the country. We've got three tough opponents left. You know, I think you know, Wake Forest, do not take them for granted at all. They're good. Uh, BC, they've won three in a row. They're rolling. Uh, Louisville, you're going against the Heisman Trophy winner. And, you know, every, every week it's 500 yards of total offense for Lamar Jackson. So we've got, we've got three tough opponents left. And, you know, the goal should be, let's, you know, the goal obviously is you want to win all three. But if we can get to a bowl game, it shows it shows that we are on the right path, on the right trajectory. I think it will clearly help recruiting. The additional practices also helps develop the kids that were redshirting this year. It gets them you know, a head start on kind of the 2018 season as well. You and Dino have both made you know, the, the joke that this was an arranged marriage. And now we, we've gone down the road of this arranged marriage between you two. And as we've mentioned, this has been a competitive team, and, and people clearly see where where this is going here. So where would you put your relationship now? How has it evolved past that arranged marriage? And now that you, you see some things happening here, what are the conversations like between you and Dino about where this program is at? Well, I just, I, A, I enjoy working with him every single day. He's, um, he's a really, really, you know, smart, engaging person. Um, a lot of times we'll talk, non-football things um, but when we do it's you know the theme is always consistent is, is what can we do to get this program to where we both want it to be and the first step is you're, you want to compete within your division because if you're competing for your division title that's the path to the ACC championship game so it's kind of it's kind of like in the NFL you know when I talk would talk to NFL owners the emphasis or coach was always on you know what win our division because if we if we win our division in the nfl we're in the playoffs okay so the first thing is you get to where we can compete for a division title and then do so in a way that we can have sustained success because i think that's really really important is to build that foundation that we're going to be good and we're going to be good year in and year out 
There's an expression that I've heard over and over again, you know, wherever the format may be, radio or social media or, you know, uh, in our comment sections on Syracuse.com. And it's two words, John, pay Dino. So if I'm hearing it from a media standpoint, you must be getting it two or, or threefold here. And, and Dino said the other day that, you know, doesn't talk about contracts during the season. How do you stand on that? How is that situation evolving? And, and what's the feedback been like from everybody, fans, you know, boosters, uh, alums, everybody involved with the program? Because it seems there's a lot of support to secure Dino Babers here at Syracuse and kind of keep the poachers at bay. Well, those that's, that's great when I'm on the receiving end of that because that tells me that we're making progress, right? And that tells me that there's excitement and there's enthusiasm, you know, about the program. Um, so that's, you know, those, those, you like that type of feedback. Um, you know, Coach and I, listen, we've talked, you know, we've talked and I want to, I want to have the ability and I want, uh, I want to work with Dino for a long time. You know, that's, you know, I think w- when you have a coach that you believe in is, that can lead a program is um, is you want that person leading your program for as long as you can, and I'm not going to get in any you know particular specifics of that type of thing, but he knows that he has uh, you know he has my full support. John, uh, this Saturday is not only a big game with Wake Forest coming in, as you mentioned, that's a team that just gave Notre Dame a big push, and it's going to be a competitive game. But it's a special day for you guys because it's Military Appreciation Day, and. You know, Syracuse University has been very strong in their message and supporting veterans from from all ways. And you guys are doing it from an athletic standpoint. So for those that haven't seen, you know, how can we appreciate our military on Saturday and what are some of the things that our, our veterans can take advantage of at this game? Well, I think it's, you know, and what we're doing is we're, we're one university. That's the theme the chancellor uses with us a lot. And we are, in terms of the veteran space, we've been voted the number one private school in the country. For veterans, um, under the leadership of our vice chancellor Mike Haney, he's done a great job. We're close to groundbreaking with the new IVMF building, which will be awesome. So this is just kind of a subset of the overall initiative of, of the university. But we've got a number of special things planned uh, with Fort Drum. Um, we've got a number of of, of uh, military veterans and their families that will be in attendance at the game. Um, we're honoring our hometown hero is Mike Chimati. I think he's 103 years old. Uh, he's a Syracuse grad. God bless him. Um, so it's, it's, it's fantastic. We've got, uh, <clears throat> besides Fort Drum, they've got um, their band is going to come, and their band is going to play with our band uh, pregame on the quad, um, also at halftime. Um, we've got a former uh, uh, military uh, person singing the national anthem, so we've got a number of things planned throughout, uh, throughout the day um, to honor the military. And I thought last year, I thought we did a good job of it. And our goal this year is to frankly do, do even a better job. So I think it's going to be a really special day um, to, to honor uh, those who have served us or those who do service now. And I, I, encourage, you know, I encourage our fans to come out and show their support for uh, our military and show their support for for our football team. There's some specials for basketball tickets as well, and all sorts of things happening. And get all the details at Qs.com to find out everything that's happening. John, uh, kind of expanding beyond football and some of the other fall sports and, and what they've been up to. Uh, the football team is going to be on the field this Saturday, but uh, field hockey has a big game coming up this weekend. The NCAA tournament. Starts yeah, first first round against Michigan um, up uh, at Michigan. It's 11:30 a.m. Saturday, and um, you know it's a credit to Ange and just the quality of the program that uh, 
that she's built. Um, you know, we lost we lost some one goal games down the stretch, but it's a new season, and it's you know it's the old adage, right? Everybody starts 0-0 again. So, you know, it's hey, let's let's go uh, let's go play Michigan. Let's win against Michigan and see what happens next. Dare I say, uh, many dynasties developing here with cross country. They've had six straight conference titles, five of those in the ACC, and now. Uh, and one going back to the Big East, and you know it's a team thing. But there, there's one name in particular that stands out: Justin Knight. Just continues to to rack up titles and is is becoming one of the more accomplished athletes that Syracuse has seen, really, in any sport in recent memory. He is, you know, Justin. His athletic achievements speak for themselves. Um, and not only again being an ACC champion multiple times. Uh, but finishing ninth in the world championship this year in the 5,000 meters, and that's ninth. That's the best in the world. And he, you know, and by far he was the best collegiate of the collegiate runners. He was by far the best finisher. So he is, you know, he's as good as anybody in the country. And what's great about Justin is as great a runner and an athlete he is. He's even a better. He's even a better person. He's just. He's a great representative of our university. He is a humble team-oriented um, individual. And you would never think, if you walked by him in this hallway, you would never think that, oh, this is the person who's, who's accomplished all the individual accolades he has. He is team first. John, uh, another basketball season is underway, both for uh, the men's and the women's team, of course. And, you know, it, it, it happened quickly to go back a few months. You know, the Syracuse basketball season ends, unfortunately, in the NIT. That's not where they want to be. Mike Hopkins takes a job at Washington, and, you know, the speculation did not linger long about Jim Beheim's future here at Syracuse beyond what was supposed to be, we thought, his last year here. You moved right. quickly and uh, ensured that Jim's going to be here for, you know, at least another few years. There's a there's a Beheim in the wings here that's going to play <laughs> next year. So I would, uh, if I was, uh, for entertainment purposes only, putting a wager on that, I'd take the over on, on how many years he'd be here corresponding with Buddy. But... How did those conversations go, and why did you act so quickly to ensure that the future was set there? I thought it was really important to act quickly, um, A, to secure our recruiting class. Um, also, is independent of Coach Hopkins. Um, you know, there was interest in other programs with Adrian Autry and Jerry McNamara. Um, so I think if we, just, if, we, if we had taken too much time, uh, we, could have been looked to, we could have been looking to fill three recruiting or three coaching positions um, and a recruiting class. And to me, it was pretty simple. All right, Mike is leaving. Who's the best person to coach Syracuse basketball? And it didn't take long for me to come to the answer that Jim Beheim's the best person to coach Syracuse basketball. And in doing so, we kept Jim. We secured uh, Jerry and, uh, and Adrian, who've done a great job and now have the opportunity with Mike's departure to grow their career and their profile. We kept our recruiting class intact. Uh, for this year, and we haven't lost a step. We feel our recruiting, I think, is going really well uh, for next year and beyond. So I feel I feel very good about the future of our basketball program. One thing we learned last year is the importance of non-conference play and the, the emphasis that the selection committee puts yeah. on those non-conference games. So when you are in that process and making schedules and coordinating with Jim and whoever is is, in, 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 there's a few people involved in that process. How much is that put into play? And then you see a Kansas and the ACC Big Ten Challenge back to your TV days from ESPN and, and the former Big East teams on the slate. But you don't want to overload it either, being in such a tough conference. How does that balance 
go forth there, but knowing that the selection committee is keeping a close eye on, on the non It's delicate, and there's there's a little art and there's a little science to it, Brent, because um, it's good to, you know, ACC Big Ten, you know you're going to play a quality opponent. Great to play Kansas, who's, you know, your top five uh, preseason school. What you got to do with kind of the rest of the non-conference schedule is – you know, you've got to be careful you don't schedule schools that their RPIs are just really, really low at, towards the bottom end. You get them in the 300s or the tie 200s. That's going to hurt you in the, in the eyes of the committee. There's plenty of good quality non-conference basketball that we can schedule um, that if we have success, um, we'll enhance our RPI. And then when, when we get into conference play, you know, the toughest conference in the country, it's, you know, it's an 18-game battle. And we've got to win our fair share. And besides the non-conference, I think last year, I think also if, if we had won another road game, another road conference game, I think that would have put us in. This season, I, I honestly can't remember a team that is more kind of wide open coming <laughs> into a season. There's so many new faces coming in for Coach Beheim's team. So when you take a look at it here, right on the start of a new season, Friday night is the beginning against Cornell. What, what are you thinking right now? It's, you know, it's, it's a total revamp, right, to your point. And it's going to take time. Um, but there's, there's, they're talented kids. Um, there are kids that are you know, going to have to step up earlier than perhaps they normally would in our program. Um, but freshmen today, they come in, and with the experience that they have, oftentimes, you know, they have the ability to step in and play right, right away. Obviously, we've got a, you know, uh, in Tyus Battle, we've got, you know, I think one of the, you know, best all-around players in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Frank Howard's obviously key to our team this year, and Frank's had a really good preseason. You know, Pascal, he's back, he's healthy. Um, and then it's the development of the new, the the, the, uh, the young kids, and it's uh, Geno Thorpe. You know, once he gets to 100, percent he can help us a lot. So, yeah, it'll take time for the team to to figure out how to how to play with one another. Um, but I'm, it'll be fun to watch. College basketball is in an inter- interesting time right now, John, with all the investigations we've heard about and the FBI involvement, and it's it's a it's a real you know just involved story, very layered story, but it's hitting some major programs, and it's caused a lot of people involved in major college athletics to, to kind of take a step back and say, what's happening here? So I want to ask you that: How have you monitored this? How do you look at it from an athletic director standpoint, knowing? You know, there's a lot happening in college basketball right now that goes beyond the game. Well, I think you need to monitor your program every day in, in, in close, you know, closely, and that's why you have a compliance group to do it, and that's why you meet with your coaches, you talk to your coaches. You know, I'm supremely confident um, in our basketball staff and how they conduct themselves. Um, obviously, you know, the sport is a, you know, it's, it's, it's in the crosshairs. There's no question about that. It'll be interesting to see what uh, what the commission uh, that that, uh, uh, that Mark Emmert named, that's chaired by Condoleezza Rice, to see what recommendations they make. But I I, I hope um, and I feel strongly that those who are in a leadership position, this is the time to take substantive action to try to correct as many of the, of the ills as possible. There's a lot of uh, can of worms that can open in there, and I don't want to ask if we should pay athletes at this point because that's a whole other podcast yep. we could do. But do you think things like that, broad questions like that, are going to get more of a focus than ever before? I, you know, I, I think, you know, I think things will. I think there are a number of things that will be put on the table. Um, yeah, I th- personally, I think you know the, the one and done rule. I hope they really take a close look at that. I know that has to be. 
<clears throat> that has to be collect- collectively bargained between the NBA, player, NBA Players Association and the NBA. Adam Silver's already come out <clears throat> in favor of abolishing one and done. Um, my personal opinion, I'm, I, uh, I'm in favor of that as well. I mean, to me, if a, if a young person, if they want coming out of high school and they want to pursue basketball, whether it's the NBA, the G League, International, they should have, you know, they should have the ability to do that. And I think if you go to college, there should be, you know, a minimum commitment that's beyond a year. And I think that I think that would help the college game. I think it would help the NBA game because I think the NBA game would then, would then get a better player um, who's had, if you have a couple years of college, you're going to be better prepared. You're going to be better prepared physically, mentally to play in the NBA. Um, so I, I really hope that there's, there's substantive uh, recommendations that come from that committee. And uh, just one final thought from you here, John. I got to ask the question because I'm here. What can you tell me about the Carrier Dome renovations? <laughs> the work, the due diligence continues, Brent. Um, you know, the the work continues, and um, you know, the I think I think we uh, we continue to make progress. Um, again, it's just it's really really complicated, and in a project of this scale, you only get to do once, <laughs> and you know, you've got to make sure that you know you've done everything possible to make sure that uh, that you get it right. Um, but I, I look forward to the day where I can share with you um, and your fans and our fans uh, more detail. On that note, what are some of the things that now the fans know it's happening and the process is ongoing, the due diligence is being yep. done? If you really had to narrow it down to a couple of things, what have the fans told you they want to see from Carrier Dome 2.0, the new building, whatever uh, the project is when it's finally put out there. Uh, air conditioning? Yes. No question. Yes, there it is. Um, there goes that old joke, by the way. I, I always enjoyed exactly. that one. And I think, you know, my, I think we have to upgrade our amenities across the board. That's part, if you look, and I've done a lot of research, and we do a lot of research, a lot of reading on either new stadiums or stadium renovations, you've got to provide, you know, a wide variety of of offerings, whether it's you know it's it's food, it's entertainment, it's beverage, it's Wi-Fi, it's restrooms, it's you know it's entrance, exit, everything. Um, you've got to you know we're going to have to work really hard, and I think we've got to focus on the fan experience. And to me, that fan experience starts from the time they leave their home until the time they get back to them. John, thanks for joining us here on the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Brent, my pleasure. Always good to be with you. Thanks for listening to the Syracuse Sports Podcast. Make sure to subscribe in iTunes. Look for us on Apple Podcasts. Get the latest delivered right to your phone, iPad, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Brent Adams. We'll talk to you next time.